0: Good day to you all, welcome to another Seeds of Wisdom with Minister Jay. How are you doing? I pray that you all are blessed and divinely favored in the Lord. This is a day that the Lord has made. Let us all rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. Um, first of all, I just want to say that, um, as we are reeling, uh, From the loss of a basketball icon, uh, Mr. Kobe Bryant, as well as his 13-year-old daughter, uh, I understand that there's a lot of heavy hearts um, and a lot of somber minds, um, even days after the incident, Um, and so I observe um, at this moment a moment of silence. Uh, Not only for the loss of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, but to the other three individuals uh, who were in the helicopter as well as uh, the pilot and anyone else that was in there. Amen. So as we continue uh, with this new seed of wisdom, I want to talk to you all um, who at times feel as though um, you can't talk to God. Um, I want to talk to you all who feel as though um, God is not really listening, Um, that feel as though the problems and the worries of life, the issues of life, are too mundane, or they're too dirty, or they're too terrible, but they're too broken, or they're too wrong, or any other thing uh, for you to be able to come to our great God. Um, You see, there should be no reason why you can't come to God with your worries and your issues. We know um, that the Word says that He knows us intimately, intimately. Uh, so much so that the very heads, uh, the hairs of our head are numbered. Um, and for those of you who don't quite understand what that means, uh, you know, you can get an account of something. If you have a jar of jelly beans, you can go through there and you can count them and you can say, OK, there's 100 jelly beans in this jar. Uh, that's counted. But when you can pull out a jelly bean and say, this is jelly bean 94 out of 100. Now your jelly beans are numbered. There is a specific number to each and every one of your jelly beans. Now let's extrapolate that and look at that for uh, with our hair we see that we've got thousands upon thousands, perhaps millions upon millions, depending on who we are um, and how old we are, of course, uh, of hairs, not only on our head, but you know, on other parts of our bodies, but just on our head alone. And so for God to know us so intimately, That if he was to lift one of the hairs on our head, he can say, this is hair 1,457,432. He knows us intimately. He created us painstakingly. And with much joy, everything that he created, he said was good. Now, I'm setting the tone for this message with with this information because I want you to understand how intimately your God knows you. How closely he pays attention to you because when we recognize that he pays so much attention to us that our very hairs of our head are numbered, there can be nothing that we can do. There could be nothing that we can say. There could be nothing that we could even think that God does not already know. And so because of that fact, he's not concerned with being surprised by anything that you do. There is nothing you could do that would be so utterly appalling to him that he would say, whoa, wait a minute, I can't believe this, I can't deal with this person. Because he already knows. He's omnipotent, he's omniscient, he's omnipresent, He knows it all. He sees it all. He's aware of it all. He's everywhere at all times. So there's nothing that you could do that he doesn't already know about. And in fact, because of the fact he doesn't operate in time, then it's safe to say that what you've done or what you're getting ready to do, he already knows that you're getting ready to do it before you do it. So there's no reason. Why you can't come to God? And then the next question in a logical mind would be, okay, well, if he already knows what I'm going to do before I even do it, then what's the use of even coming to him with it in the first place? He already knows. Well, that's simple. Because you coming to him and saying, Father, I did this. Or, Father, I'm thinking about that. Or, Father, I said this. That puts you in relationship with him, That shows that you love him enough and that you care about him enough to come to him with your worries, with your cares, with your thoughts, with your woes, with your excitement, with those things that bring you joy and peace. And you want to share that with him, you being his child and him being your loving father. That's major to God. That's what he wants from us. It's relationship. If you're a parent, you know how you want your children to share the things that are going on in their lives with you. God is exactly the same way with us. That being said, I want to draw your attention a scripture that helps to drive this point home. And this is the prophet Isaiah speaking in Isaiah chapter 55, starting at verse 6, where it says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. And I know what you're asking. Okay, well, I thought he never leaves you nor forsakes you. He's going to be with you to the very end. So why do I have to seek him while he may be found? why, Why do I have to draw on him while he is near? Where is he going? Well, the answer is nowhere. He's not going anywhere. But the word says to seek him while he may be found and to call on him while he is near. Because if he's an ever-present help in a time of trouble, if he's always there, if he'll never leave you nor forsake you, then there should be no reason why you can't come to him since he is, he is found or draw to him while he is near with your worries and your cares. He's right there. He's not going anywhere. He's not going to leave you to go see what somebody else is doing. He's not going to uh, uh, not incline his ear to you, but rather incline it to somebody else because they're more worthy, because they're more holy, because they're more righteous, because they're none of those things. He's there for you, you and you. So seek on, seek him while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. He's near today, believers. He can be found right now while you're sitting in your chair wondering how you're going to make it through. He's right there with you at the bank when they're saying it's going to be foreclosure and you don't know what to do. He's right there in the doctor's office with you when the doctor is saying that they believe it's cancer and that it's terminal. He's right there with you whenever the lawyer is saying he believes it's going to be uh, several years that you're going to be in jail for something that you may or may not have done. He's right there. When your marriage is on the rocks, Or your relationship seems as though it's crumbling. He's right there when your kids are in trouble and you don't know how to change things around for them. He's right there. When your loved ones are missing or gone and you don't know what to do or who to turn to. Believers, he's right there. Next part of the scripture says let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous his thoughts and let him come to the Lord and he will have mercy and to God who will abundantly pardon we have to recognize and understand that this process of salvation is not a Overnight sensation, but rather a step by step process. And during this process, we have to make some decisions to let some things go, and to recognize that there are some things that are not particularly healthy or right for us mentally, physically, spiritually, socially, economically. And we have to make the decision to let those things go. And more importantly, because of the fact that the word says that only God can change the heart of man. We have to be aware of those things and know that we want to let them go. And then allow God. To have mercy on us and release us from these shackles. From these yokes of bondage. And allow God to pardon us from our past sins. See, we have to learn to forgive ourselves and want to change in order for this process to work. And it's a step-by-step process. Nobody does it overnight. But when you're able to say, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be wicked anymore. I don't want to be unrighteous anymore. Lord, I want you to change me from the inside out. Then we can begin to go under the change that God has that's necessary for us. And we can begin to become better and better. And more importantly, because of the fact that we say we don't want it anymore. We learn to lean on God more and more. When we fall under diverse temptations. The next piece of scripture says For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways not your ways, declare the Lord. For as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts hmm so what does that mean for us we have to recognize and understand That while we think that we're so deep and existential, while we think that we're so uh, analytical and and intelligent, while we think that our intellect will buy us a way into some things or give us knowledge that God simply doesn't know about us, (laughs) we're so wrong. His ways and his thoughts are higher than our ways. So he knows far more than what we do. You may do something, and it may not seem right. You may recognize that it's not right, but you may not know exactly why you're doing these things. But God knows; He already knows what spirits you're uh, you're under the influence of. He already knows what thoughts uh, you're under scrutiny of. He already knows what's going on in your life and why things are happening the way that they happen. And He's waiting. He's waiting. The word says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if you hear my voice and allow me in, then you'll be in me and I'll be in you. And we can suck together. God is waiting on you to allow him to come in so that he can change your life and so that he can make things better. So he can begin to change those things that happen that you may not know exactly why they happen, but they happen. You know, that fight that Paul was talking about. Where the thing that I don't want to do, I do. But the things that I do want to do, I don't do. Who will save me from this death, oh wretched man that I am? <laughs> but thanks be unto God. The same God who allowed Jesus to be rolled in mundane flesh and come upon us and to make himself of no reputation. And to suffer sin and to suffer temptation and all of these things and still remain righteous. But to understand how they affect the flesh and how they affect the mind and how they affect the heart. And then to die on the cross, conquering sin and death and all of these things. And being risen again on the third day so that he can make intercession for us. So that he can have Mercy on us in such a way that it would cause God himself to abundantly pardon us. This is what Christ died for. So that whatever you're going through, whatever circumstances you may find yourself in, you can come to him and you can receive mercy and you can be under his grace and that you can be abundantly forgiven and pardoned by our righteous God, by our good God, by our father God, so that we can begin to move forward and not look back and press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Forgetting our sin and our shame. The word also says. As we continue down. That as the rain falls. And the snow falls from heaven. And doesn't return thither but. Falls to the ground. And waters it so that the ground will bud and give seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall his word be and that it will not return unto him void but rather will set out to accomplish those things which he set out for them to accomplish God's Word is true, believers. And the promises of the Bible, the promises in His Word are ripe for the picking for anybody who will simply rely on them, who will hear the Word of God and believe what it says and allow it to water your spirits. Allow it to nourish your souls to give you that blessed assurance that whatever is going on in your life God has a way through it. That he will provide that ram in the bush when times seem tumultuous. God wants us to know today that he's there. That he has not left us and that He's waiting on us to come to him with his worry, with our worries and our woes and our issues. He wants us to come to him with our joys and with our pains and with our happinesses. He wants us to come to him with everything that we have to be in relationship with him, to sup with him yet a little while so that he can impart wisdom, knowledge and understanding to us that we can grow from. Those things that will help us to change and become better in those areas that we recognize that we're weak in or that we're uh, not quite uh, good in. That we can become our best selves and enjoy a plentiful and a bountiful life. We have to recognize that God is not going to turn his back on us. And there's nothing that you can do, nothing that you can say. There's no way that you can be so dirty and so broken and so disheveled and so out the way that God is not paying attention to you. He knows who you are. He knows you intimately. He created you. He created you with a purpose and he has a plan for your life that supersedes every plan that you could possibly have. So let God have the right of way in your life. Allow him to come in. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Hear his voice and allow him to come in so that you can sup with him a little while and he can begin to help you to change and become better. Most of all, know that he loves you. He loves you so much that he allowed his son to die on the cross for your sins so that you have a right to the tree of life, so that your name can be written in the book of life, so that not only you can have a right to heaven, but so that you can have a right to all spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms, even right here on earth. The grace and mercy can be yours. Because no, while mercy endures forever, grace, my dear friends, is fleeting. But while it's here, take advantage. While it's here, enjoy it so much that you want to share it with others. Believers, we have so many things that we worry about. So many things that we contemplate and we toil over, but we're not meant to do these things. God set up and devised a system by which if we simply lean on him with our problems and with the issues of life, that he will help us through because he loves us. It makes no sense that you can lean on your friends, that you can lean on your family members, your co-workers, your church members, all of these people. But you can't seem to muster up the strength and the fortitude or the courage to lean on God. And it truly makes no sense that the reason why you won't lean on God is because you're afraid that he doesn't love you and that you're too Wrong or too too dirty or too broken. No, it doesn't matter whether or not you're smoking weed. No, it doesn't matter whether or not you're drinking alcohol or whether you're uh, whoring around. No, God doesn't want you to do these things, but if you're still doing these things, come to him and let him change you. Don't be afraid that God is going to condemn you to hell because you're not doing all the right things. Because guess what? The reason why Christ came in the first place is to save those who are broken and who are damaged and who need his help. That's why the word says, seek ye the Lord while ye may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. He's right here. He came to help those of us who are broken. To help those of us who are damaged. To help those of us who are self-medicating. To help those of us who are lost and don't know which way to turn. He's here to save us all. So won't you come to him today? My encouragement to you is to come to the Lord. To seek him while he may be found. To call upon him while he is near. If you're so aware. That you're broken and damaged. And have the courage to come to the one who's able to fix you. Who loves you so much that he looks beyond your sin. And your shame to see what He created in you and to cause that to come into fruition. He has a word over your life, and that word will not return to Him void, but it will accomplish that which He sets up for to accomplish. There is a plan for your life. And his plans supersede our plans because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways higher than our ways. The best thing we can do is trust him and give him the right of way in our lives so that he can put together the broken pieces with more of him. That he can be the mortar That binds us together and makes us as strong and as sturdy as a wall. So that we can lift his name on high. And tell somebody else how we made it through. How we made it out. How we became this strong. How we became this steadfast. How we became this unmovable. How we're able to smile and be joyous in a time of trouble because we can look to the hills which comes our help and have the assurance that the Lord is here and that he won't leave us or forsake us. This is another seed of wisdom with Minister Jay of the Vineyard True Vine Ministries. I pray that this word has blessed you and I pray that you continue and if you don't know how to that you start Seeking the Lord while he may be found, calling on him while he is near, and trusting that whatever your circumstance, he'll work it out for your good. God bless you. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. Be blessed.